for realsies now. Um, I did wash my hair. I've just erased the curl it, so it's in a bun. So no oily hair today. Oh, it looks cute. Thanks. Um, exciting news. Um, our episode already has like five plays on the anchor staff that we have. I don't have a new platform yet, but that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. In less than 24 hours. So pat yourself on the back to do the phenomenal job. Okay. Um, let's say hi to all of our peoples. I promise I won't be staring at my computer the entire time. <laughs> I know how fun that is, but I promise I won't. Um, okay. So let's see here. Awesome. Ooh, that looks like it went up a little bit. I literally like procrastinated hardcore and like didn't start doing my notes until like way last minute. So this is the aftermath of my don't follow my lead is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, but you know, we're kind of like the same person. So <laughs> I, mean, I work well on the What can I say? It's going to be inevitable. Like we, we know, let's be honest here. I procrastinate with everything. <laughs> Facts. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay, cool. So hello to everybody in Arizona, California, Pennsylvania. Uh, kudos to you, Pennsylvania. You're going up in the ranks. You're still in third place, but you are going up in terms of listeners. So good for you. Um, Nebraska, North Carolina, Texas, Virginia, Florida, Maryland, Oklahoma, New York, Washington, New Jersey, South Carolina, Michigan, Illinois, Oregon, and New Hampshire. So hello, everybody. And also hello to all of our out of country listeners. That is all of our listeners in Canada, in Ontario and British Columbia. Oh my gosh. Total side note. Um, you can see they show you the planets. So a hundred percent of our audience is on Earth in case you wanted to know. Oh damn. Okay. So I'm gonna have to like find some native content for <laughs> of Earth people. I know you're probably gonna have to cover, you know, Marvin the Martian sometime or something. Um, fun fact, I will totally get into an alien story. Like a like a abduction. Love fun facts. So I keep saying fun facts, but like uh our friend and her boyfriend had come home last night. They had went somewhere for dinner and they mm. had uh the jalapeno margaritas, which yum. And yeah. Yeah. they came with like these little rubber aliens that you got to like take home and the arms bend and everything. And I was like, <laughs> How aliens and jalapeno margaritas go together, I don't know, but love it. Right? I mean, maybe aliens figure out they like margaritas. And I, my, here's how I envision it. It's a big margarita glass, right? And it's like neon green. And the and they kind of made it look like a spaceship or like a UFO. And the alien is on it. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I hope it is. <laughs> now I just want a jalapeno margarita. It's fine. <laughs> that does sound really good. Right? <laughs> um, hello to all of our Norbotten listeners in Sweden. All of our, um, I have to keep, it's going weird. It's went to this planet and I have to keep losing my spot. Um, all of our French listeners and Grand S, all of our Irish listeners and Conant and all of our Nigerian listeners. Thank you all so much for being here. It is wonderful to have you. Um, and thanks for showing us love and support. We'll eventually get this shit together, but today is not the day. No. Um, <laughs> 
do, do, do. Okay, cool. So we're going to kind of jump right into it. I mean, I literally talked to you like, what, two days ago? <laughs> oh, and in those two days, what was, what was the thing that has happened? Okay. Um, did you know that there is apparently an alternate ending to The Notebook? And that alternate ending to The Notebook, Hulu and Netflix decided to take it upon themselves and physically change the ending of The Notebook if you watch it on their platform. Really? Yeah. Like, is that a good ending or? No. No, 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 no. It's, um, because, like, a friend of mine posted on her Instagram story and I was like, I'm sorry, I need you to explain to me what the hell you just said. And apparently, someone thought that the content or the ending was just too emotionally hard for viewers. And I was like, this isn't, like, a D-rated movie that nobody saw. Like, this is, like, an iconic movie. Yeah. That everybody knows. And then they changed the ending to, um, I'll give you more details because our friend said she was going to do a, a Google rabbit hole for this and give us more details. But according to my friend, she said that uh, the ending is now what's his face gets into bed with Allie. And he says, like, oh, I'll see you. I'll see you later. I'll see you on the other side or something like that. And then it pans away to like birds flying in the sky. You don't see them die. And you don't see the nurse find them. And if that's a spoiler alert for anybody that maybe came out like 20 years ago. So uh, whatever. But yeah, that's the ending now. Because hmm. wasn't, I don't know, maybe I'm, it's been a really long time since I watched The Notebook because, I mean, it just has. Um, the ending before, didn't it have something to do with like her or him, one of them getting like Alzheimer's or something like that? Like losing their yeah, memory? She, lose, she loses her memory. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then they like, you know, they like hold each other, like die together. Like, you know, the nurse like finds him and stuff. And that whole scene is gone. Right. Cause like at the very end, she like all of a sudden remembers who he was. Right. And mm-hmm. after this, he keeps like telling the story of like their life or whatever. Like, I don't know, it was like every week or every day or whatever. But he did that when she lost her memory. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Isn't that awful? I my question is like, who said that? Who complained about the ending? That, that I, was, like, I don't like, believe that. That to me is like, less satisfying if they just ended it and birds flew I don't know <laughs> yeah so and we're gonna I mean TBD but I was like I was offended when I, when I yeah, not that. That. did they does it say <laughs> though like on like Hulu like alternate ending or whatever on it for people or are they just are these poor people no. or they're seeing the like, notebook the- all of a sudden assuming that that's the ending well that's what I'm saying is like no one notified anyone like there was no release or like it's changed it's just or nor is it like an option it's just the ending now like make it like an alternate ending option which obviously it was like there's no way they reshot that you know what I mean yeah but I'm like to just do that like hmm. that's like like I'll have to look and see because I'll look on the Hulu one and then um fun fact my husband actually owns the notebook DVD <laughs> That's adorable. It is. Yes. The so DVD. I found that out. Yeah. It wasn't, it's not my DVD. It is Sean's DVD. <laughs> so <laughs> I will look at that DVD because obviously that must be the original ending and see and just compare the two then. Yeah. I told my friend, she's like, she's like, I was, you know, a little drunk and I was, it was 1 a.m. And I, I told her, I was like, oh my God. She's like, I was like, am I remembering this ending wrong? And I was like, you just got gaslit by the <laughs> Like, you remembered it wrong. Like, this was always the ending. That honestly would have been me. Like, did I just like dream that or something? <laughs> that, right? <laughs> yeah. 
No. And then this morning, uh, our friend, a coworker picked her up and she doesn't like this coworker. And um, her boyfriend, my boyfriend, don't like this coworker either. And I can talk to you about that. Like offline, I can't say names. Um, and so they decided to do a fun little thing where like they both put on, I have, I have photos I can send you. It's fabulous. They both put on like, like white bathrobes and like, you know, flip flops and they had their coffee and they like walked her out to the gate and like waved goodbye to her. <laughs> she like gotten into like this coworker's car. It's fabulous. It was chef's kiss gold. <laughs> I guess they can, you know, the three of them don't like them and the one doesn't like them either. And so it's, it's great. Nice. That's it. Okay. Anyway. So we are still in Virgo season. So obviously uh, my story for you this week is a Virgo. And I'm going to read you a little, I'm going to read you a little story, a little intro into this. And you're going to tell me if you can, if you can figure out who this person is. I'm enjoying this game with you. Okay. So. A 47-year-old Henry sat across from the sheriff of the Texas Rangers, Jim Bowell. When he picked up when he picked him up on possession of an illegal firearm in June of 1983. During that time, they were investigating the disappearance of Kate Rich and Becky Powell. My earphones just screamed at me. Um, he decided what the hell and asked Henry if he knew anything about their disappearances. Without skipping a beat, Henry said, Yes, I killed them and dismembered them. It, was the, it wasn't hard, nor did it take long, for Henry to be convicted of two life sentences. After the sentence was handed down, Henry looked at the judge and said, Well, Your Honor, what are we going to do with the other hundred women I killed? Well, they am. And, you know, I got stuck <laughs> at this game because I have, I, I feel like I know this story, but I don't know names. And you figured out mine last week, and that wasn't fair because you, you immediately knew. You knew all my answers to my questions. <laughs> I saw it again. Nah, <laughs> nah, you don't. Did you get your hair done? Uh, a while ago, a couple weeks ago from Tanya. It just looks so shiny. Okay. Um, well, it is a like five part series on Netflix. It's like a, it was like a true crime documentary series on Netflix. That's probably where I heard of it then. Uh-huh. Um, it was called The Confession Killer. Does that ring a bell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Henry Lee Lucas today. Um, and we're going to go into, into him. So it's going to be great. It's going to be a little interesting because obviously we start where he gets handed down his sentence. But the interesting thing about him is technically he's a serial killer. Um, and he's only been convicted of three murders, but he confessed to up to 600. So. 600? Yeah. It started with this three that he got convicted of and then he said it was 150 and then it went to 250 and then it was 350 and then it went to 600. Let's camp. There's no one there. I'm looking at the window. Anyway. Um, so he confessed up to 600. So like I said before, he's a Virgo and for the Chinese Zodiac fans out there, that's the year of the rat. He was um, one of nine children. I don't really know which one he was, but he was one of nine children. Um, like you said, he was convicted of three murders, confessed up to 600. And there was no real method of killing because there were so many varieties. But just a quick overview of his childhood. 
Um, Henry was born August 23rd, 1936. Fun fact, that was one day before John's birthday, but he was born in not 36. Uh, in Blacksburg, Virginia. Um, he was born to a very poor family. Both of his parents were raging alcoholics. Um, his mother was the iron fist of the family, you could say. Like she ruled that household. And she was all, and she was also um, physically abusive to her children. And she was also a prostitute. So she would bring, oh, there's the contractor. Come look at the leak. Um, anyway, so she would bring her suitors home. And sometimes she would just, she would just sleep with them. And sometimes the kids would be there. And if they saw, they saw, she didn't really care. And Henry claims, I don't know how true it is, but Henry claims that sometimes she forced him to watch them have sex. Um, but he didn't really talk other than like, he, that's all he really said about that. Um, so that's a wonderful upbringing as we, as we all know. He dropped out of school in fourth grade, so he wasn't there in the fourth grade or afterwards. Um, his mother, like I said, would beat him and beat her other children. She would ridicule and belittle him. Um, and he had, they had examined him in later years because after all of these confessions came out, he obviously became like the talk of the town and everyone wanted to know him. And so they were like, they wanted to use him for science, like literal medical study. And so they scanned his brain as an adult and they had found that he had um, like frontal lobe damage. And he also had damage on like the side of his brain, but I don't remember what term was for that one. Um, mm -hmm. He had frontal lobe, frontal lobe damage and the doctors assumed that had happened to him between the ages of five to 10, mm -hmm. which kind of correlates because when he was six years old, he went to the ER because she beat him over the head with a two by four. And um, he was unconscious for roughly 36 hours. So I don't know if he ended up in the hospital after being unconscious for 36 hours or if he went to the hospital and was still unconscious for 36 hours. So that could be one of the injuries he sustained before the age of 10, which, as you know, we all come to know with a lot of serial killer study today, head trauma tends to be a causing a leading factor in um, some of these cases well especially like when you said like the frontal lobe no i really hope i'm not wrong with this threats if my memory serves me correct from like nursing school and like just learning being in neurology because that was my specialty for a while was um i think the frontal lobe does control like a lot of like impulse control and personality control if i remember correct so i mean yeah serial frontal lobe damage that obviously really plays hand in hand there yeah, that's what the um, the doctor who was on the documentary, because I've obviously been to that entire, I mean, I've seen it before, but I've rewatched it again. And the doctor that was talking about all this, she had mentioned that um, she said the same thing. It was called like empathy and things like that, like emotions and that kind of yep. stuff. So, yeah. yep. Um, oh, and then he had said that if he had any pets, she would kill them. So she would um, kill his pets, beat her children. Lovely, lovely childhood. Don't beat the pets. Uh, yeah, right. To make things, I just think that she was, she enjoyed inflicting harm onto people. I think uh, if we're going to dive into his mom for a second, like it just, it sounds like to me that she didn't like the life that she had. And she's like, I have to 
do this job that I don't want to do, that I don't enjoy doing. And so she probably felt that she was, she didn't deserve any of that, right? Like there was, um, and so she would take it out on people weaker than her, which were her children. That's kind of what I think that's Mm -hmm. about. And, you know, killing their pets that probably made her feel good because it made them feel terrible. Yeah. You know? Um, When he was a teenager, there was just a lot of, a lot of stuff happened in a very fast period between like his sexual deviancy came to light and then he starts getting arrested. So in his teenage years, he started to become sexually active. Um, He says that one of the men that his mother used to sleep with taught him how to kill and have sex with dead animals. So he would, yeah. (laughs) Only people can see my face. (laughs) They probably can. Oh yeah, this will be the video that you figure we we get it on. on yeah, my computer's supposed to show up. Today, so. Yeah. Um. So he claimed that he would have sex with dead animals, and he said that he would have sex with his half brother. Hmm. Hmm. Didn't really say if it was older or younger. I don't think that really matters. I mean, maybe it matters if the brother is older, but. <laughs> speaking of i'm i'm into the house of dragons now so that, and how's that going um well last night's episode is very much kind of reminiscent of some of the oddities of the original game of thrones some of the disturbingness of that came out <laughs> the light in the episode last night because i was thinking at first i was like wow this is like really toned down since like the first you know original game of thrones no not last night's they're just like psyched to do it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just say those families back then and that time frame and those stories, it's just there was something not right there. <laughs> oh yeah. And they and like way back then too, it was also common to marry within your family, you know? Yeah. That's a, that's a good part of the story that they're trying to figure out right now. I'm like, this is what? <laughs> but <laughs> a lot of drama. So I'm definitely super into it, even though it's kind of <laughs> there you go man um i don't know if that had anything to do with his ranking in the family but was a thing that had happened um and then we're going to kind of jump into 1960 when henry is 24 and when henry when henry it was 24 he killed his mom wow okay <laughs> i'm just gonna Zinger, one after the other. Like we're we're going fast here. Did he so he killed his mom. Yes, he does okay. get caught. So he killed his mom at twenty four. Um, he said that his mother came at him with a broom handle while she was really drunk one night, and he said he was done with it, and so he turned on her and he attacked her with a knife. So, broom handle knife. I mean, I mean, she brought a broom handle to a knife fight, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh (laughs) um and then he i knew it was in one of the interviews like in the documentary uh or the docuseries on netflix they do talk about this part where he killed his mom and he's in this interview and he's saying how like well they're asking him questions and he is saying how he didn't have any real emotions for his mom and how he didn't really feel bad about it and anything like that and i'm like okay i can relate like (laughs) I mean, I yeah, I can't other, but <laughs> fucking killed his pets and 
they had sex in front of my I'm sure there's a yeah. whole lot of love there. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, okay, yeah, but like, I didn't tell my mom, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't tell her, but it's like, I don't have emotions there. You know what I mean? Like, it feels very transactional. Yeah. Um, sorry, that's totally fine. Can you hear me okay still? Yeah. Don't turn off and then not let me hear her. That? You froze, I think. Hello. It froze. <laughs> well, I'm gonna take a picture of your face right now. Which Texas is a um death penalty state, right? Mm -hmm. But her murder became so widely known probably because like she was a jane doe and it was just like a really gruesome murder but her her case in particular became very high profile um and they were like we need to know who killed orange socks right so if that was in 1979 that's not too long before he's arrested and then all of a sudden comes to light and um so her murder becomes widely known and the people want blood they want someone to be arrested for the murder and just like a sad note, her actual name, they actually wouldn't find out if her name was Deborah Jackson for 40 plus years. So it wasn't until like pretty recently that her identity was out. Wow. I know, right? So until then, she was just orange socks. Um, well, Deborah, I give you lots of credit for the orange socks because I'm sure you wore them for Halloween and kudos to you. <laughs> Halloween's the best holiday. Um, and he confessed to that murder. So it was a high-profile murder, and they're like, okay, well, let's, let's talk to Henry about it. And so Henry confesses to the, the murder of Orange Socks. And what makes this case different is he confesses to her murder. People are in uproar, and they're like, okay, then let's try him in Texas. Like, he needs to be tried for this murder in Texas, and we want him to get the death penalty. Like, we want him to death, which hadn't happened to him before. Yeah. Right. Um, up until then, he wasn't really getting any added charges to his case, right? He was just convicted of the the three murders essentially in his whole life. And he was already on two life sentences. So I don't know if it was like, they just felt like, well, he's already got two life sentences, right? So whatever. But this one, they were like, no, he needs, we want him put to death. So he's freaked out because he's like, whoa, like I didn't expect us to go that direction like wait a minute <laughs> actually i'm getting fun this is not fun anymore so his case goes to trial and his lawyers are like at this point people are starting to figure out that he didn't kill orange socks like it's not it's like not just his lawyers that's that's why this case was the one that kind of like changed the course of like how people viewed his confessions of like there's a guy named Phil Ryan. He was another Texas Ranger that didn't believe that he was um, being honest about all of these confessions. And then he teams up with this reporter, and I can't remember the reporter's name. And the two of them decide, like, we're going to pinpoint and we're going to put together an entire roadmap of everything that he's confessed to and the timelines and see if it's even possible for him to have committed all these murders. 
So they do, right? And this, I think, is like after his conviction for orange socks, but it doesn't change the story. So they put together this giant like map and they figure out, they're like, it was physically impossible for him to have committed all of these murders. They're like, he would have had to drive nonstop, can't stop for gas, can't sleep. He would have had to do that and like some of them was like he was in up in like Washington and then it's like he drives 2,000 miles over here. And they're like, even this, the time frame, like it's impossible for him to drive that fast and get from here to here in two days. Like it's not possible. Yeah. And so they present Jim with like this evidence. They're like, yo, like he's lying about some of this stuff. Like it's not possible. And he's like, well, he, he said that he did it. Like, why would he confess to it if he didn't do it? Oh, Jim. Mm -hmm. Because, like, how bad would that make him look? You know what I mean? Oh, Jim. Uh So no one's listening to them. And, like, even, like, his lawyers are like, we don't believe that he did this. And finds out that he's not Jim. When Henry finds out he's in he's could be up for the death penalty, um, they're like, we need you to testify that you didn't do this because he told his lawyers, I think like behind closed doors, that I didn't kill her. Now he's saying he didn't do it. Now he's like recanting his confession. And they're like, okay, well, you know, we have this whole, like we have a defense that we can, you know, one, you were physically not there. And two, you're insane. So those are what they were going to try to go with. Yeah. And they had talked to him. They had prepared him like, all right, tomorrow we're going to meet in the morning and then you are going to go up on the stand. Tomorrow comes. It was like 12 hours later. He like goes to Henry and he's like, all right, you ready? And he's like, oh, I'm not doing it. He's like, I'm not going to go and testify. He's like, what the fuck? Like, I literally just talked to you about this. And it's come up a few times. They're like, they're pretty sure that the times that Henry, they said when Henry wasn't with law enforcement, like Jim, he was denying that he killed these people. But when he was with Jim, it was like, well, I just want to like close the case. And all of a sudden, now he wants to confess to these murders. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It seems to be that he kind of like clings to Jim almost as much as Jim clings to him. And yep. getting those confessions and then he's getting the satisfaction of getting the attention. Mm-hmm. Toxic. So, as you can probably guess, Henry never takes a stand in his own defense and ultimately sinks his case. And so he's sentenced to death in the state of Texas and he's put on death row. And he meets a woman. I mean, she's she's relevant. Like she has a big part in it. I think her name was like Edie or something. I can't remember her name. But she was basically like a minister. She would like pass out Bibles. That's how she met him when he was like on death row. And like, you know, he grew very fond of her because she was an, the, uh, the second female in his life that was, like, nice to him. I don't think that he ever made any advances towards her or anything like that. Like, then that was ever said and they had interviewed her. But she she was like, I'm, you know, obviously there to, like, help people, like, find God and, like, all this kind of stuff. Um, she's like, but I'm also there as, like, emotional support. And so, like, she was very torn of the whole thing, you know. And... I didn't really make any note about her, but she's, she was like a, a, she was useful to Jim in the sense that if Henry was acting up, right, and like didn't want to like 
go talk to Jim that day, because you talk to him like every day, then she could coerce Henry into the room. Mm. Right? Yeah. So Jim really enjoyed having her around and like let her spend all the time with Henry that she wanted, blah, blah, blah. So he sentenced to death row and uh, his sentence is coming up. And future president, but at the time, Texas Governor George W. Bush is up for election and or he was just elected or something like that. We know I don't follow politics, so that whatever. And um, obviously there's like the pardons that can come up and like things like that. And obviously he's aware of all of the stuff going on with Henry Lee Lucas. And one of the, I don't know if it was his, it wasn't his lawyer. It was like one of the detectives. It might've been Bill Ryan. It was somebody involved in the cases that went to the president or the governor and was like, there's a file on your desk for a Henry Lee Lucas that is on death row. He is literally sent to be executed on Tuesday. And he, he didn't, not that he didn't commit crimes, but he's being killed on a crime that he didn't commit. And I don't think that's fair, right? Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, um, George W. Bush requested his sentence be reduced to life in prison. And um, because he's like, there is reasonable doubt. Like there is evidence that he is probably lying and we have reason to doubt that he actually killed all these people. So as there's reasonable doubt, we're going to commute it. So he gets literally right before he's found to be executed. He's let go to a back into life sentence. And then Henry Lee Lucas would eventually die in prison of natural causes on March 12th, 2001 at the ripe age of 64. Um, a couple of things to go over. There was a woman named Linda Irwin. She's a badass bitch. Like if you watch this, <laughs> go watch this docuseries. Like we love Linda Irwin because she was um, like a detective and she was like the best detective in her pre or whatever. She was, she had solved 94 cases or whatever in like one year like she was just a badass bitch so i guess jim had you know found her because he's like oh she's prominent and was like maybe he is connected to some of these unsolved murders that you're investigating and she's like okay i'll come interview henry so she's like talking to henry and she's like i don't really think that he's linked to like any of my stuff and jim had told her beforehand he was like oh just bring him a carton of smokes and a cherry and a strawberry shake and he'll tell you what you need to know. And she was like, okay. And so she's talking to Henry and she's like, I don't think that he's linked to anything that I'm working on. And so someone that she works with is like, listen, make a fake report, make fake forensics, fake everything, and just kind of leave it out for him to review. And she's like, okay. Like, she's like, I didn't really love the idea. She's like, but I didn't tell Jim I was doing this. So she makes this fake file. She goes back to interview Henry. And by the end of the interview, he had confessed this fake crime that she had put in front of him. And she's like, he's fucking lying. Like, he's just yeah. for the sake of confessing. And um, she was like, so now she's like, what the hell is going on here? And obviously, like, Jim didn't really like that. He didn't really appreciate anyone doing that. Um, and then Vic Fazell was a newly appointed DA during the height of the Henry trials and cases and stuff. So he's this new DA, he's coming in, Jim meets him and he's like, hey, um, 
basically is like, here's the lay of the land. Here's what we have been doing. Like, we're going to, here's some cases I need, like, you to, like, move forward with so we can go forward with, like, that thing. And Vic is like, wow, it's, like, a really prominent case. And, like, this could really, like, he said in the interview, he was very honest, like, I wanted my 15 minutes of fame. He's like, this was, like, I was brand new DA. And he's like, I have read a lot of confessions. He's like, I could, I can see when a confession is genuine. And he's like, this could like make my career, like doing all this stuff. And so he's like, I'm reviewing these confessions that Henry has given, that Jim had given me. And he's like, they're fake. He's like, there's no way that these are real. And he's like, I'm starting to notice inconsistencies. And he's like, what he's saying, does it match what we actually have on file? And like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So tells Jim that. And he's like, I don't think that these are genuine. And I can't back that. Like, I can't go forward with that. And like, Jim is not happy. And Vic becomes enemy number one because he needs the DA on his side. Mm. Makes it his mission to like destroy Vic's life. And he does so. Um, well, what happens is, sorry, I missed a very important part. That sounds like a very intense reaction to some... <laughs> to some confessions Vic is like if you're trying to pass off fake confessions to me mm-hmm. that makes suspicious of you so he opens an investigation against the Texas Rangers and starts investigating the practices in particular when it comes to Henry Lee Lucas which Jim does not like right you know, right you there's blah blah so he makes it his mission to destroy Vic and one of the things that he does he finds this like big tv reporter and he basically puts him on tv and he gets all these people fake accusations and basically slanders Vic all over the the television all over the media he's a brand new da he doesn't have a whole lot going for him right now and basically saying how he um was a part of fraud he let things slip the cracks you know he did like a bunch of a bunch of insider crimes and basically destroys his credibility and its reputation and ultimately, he ends up resigning not long after he takes the DA position. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil Ryan, who I mentioned before, he was one of the guys who helped kind of create the big map and everything like that. Um, now that they're investigating, like, the Texas Strangers, because, like, once that kind of happened and then, like, Vic got slandered and everything, he got shut down. People were already like, okay... We think he's kind of lying. There's already doubt now in the population of like, we don't think he convicted. He confessed all these murders are true. Um, now there seems to be there's some corruption in the police force. And they even say like, I read this one article. They were like, in the documentary when um, Linda's talking, like she doesn't say that she thinks that Jim was feeding him information, but she kind of incites that there was something weird going on there. Mm-hmm. And it came out when it came out later that when Henry was not with Jim and he was saying like, I didn't kill these people. I didn't do that. Like I started to think like, did I really kill these people? Like, I don't think that I did. And he said that Jim would tell him information that you wouldn't see in the file, like things that only the killer would know. So certain cases he would tell him things to make it more believable. And that's how some of these families were fooled into like really believing that he had killed these killed these women and so when people were like he didn't they were really angry and especially when bush had his sentence like reversed they were like pissed right so 
we kind of talked about Jim Boutwell a lot and the, a lot of his crimes. So he was basically, he had, um, what's his name? Vic destroyed his reputation. There was somebody else that he went after. Like when I say he like went after Vic, like he had people spying on him and his wife. He illegally wiretapped their house. Uh, there was, he was having threats made to him. Like people in like law enforcement were telling him that there's a bullet with his name on it. Like, and he's obviously not the only one. Like anyone who doubted him basically got a target on their back. Yeah. And feed false information to Henry. He would politely, you know, like almost like, I don't want to say like Southern politeness, but you know, like politely enforce that he confess <laughs> to things. Yeah. And, um, he eventually does die. Like no one can, he, he dies and he can't like interview now to like say what really happened. Um, but his infamy kind of blew up in his face and then Henry Lucas dies. And then we're talking like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years later, they're starting to discover um, the real people who committed these crimes, that cold cases are being solved. People are reopening investigations. And so they start to interview a lot of family members and they're, they're starting to find these criminals. And so like, this is leading people to believe, like, see, this is the evidence we're talking about. Like, there's no way that he actually killed these people. And I think in, with orange socks, they were able to, I think like rule out DNA. Like, I think they might've found DNA on her. I can't remember. And it wasn't Lucas's. Yeah. So now all these cases are being solved and they had interviewed a bunch of the victims who were like, I was so adamant that Henry had killed my mom or my sister or my brother. And they're like, I lived with that for 20 years. I was believing that he had killed them for 20 years only to find out that he never did. And it was really, it was actually really like heartbreaking to see these people. Cause I was like, that's my point. I was like, you only cared about yourself. Yeah. And you wasted, I didn't get a chance to research it, but Ooh, I would love to look it up. And maybe I will to see like how much of like taxpayer resources went in to this. Oh, and I'm seeing them out, I'm sure. Right? Like the whole task force, that big ass conference to investigate all of these claims and like interview families and like yeah. Money and time. Yeah. So that is the case of Henry Lee Lucas, the confession killer. Technically, he's a serial killer because he did kill three people. But yeah, he just decided to take credit for a bunch of things he didn't do. Mm. And he enjoyed it. Like, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a textbook, like toxic relationship right there that he had with Jim. I mean, that is toxic. <laughs> Um, the sources that I used were, um, InfoBay biography. Those were the websites that I used. I didn't listen to any podcast, but I did watch the entire docuseries of The Confession Killer. Um, and yeah, I mean, I thought that was like a doozy of a whirlwind that <laughs> I just like to throw at you. So yeah. thoughts? It's just, like I said, it, it sucks that it went on for so long and I, I feel I feel bad for the families that were involved like you said that believed that they had closure but they really ended up not 
I mean, that sucks. That's just because two people wanted to be famous, basically, and they kind of fed off of each other. And both in a very negative way ended up, I guess, kind of becoming famous. But I don't think Jim ever thought that he'd be, he'd be looked at as such as such a bad guy, but he was so in his head about, I'm going to solve all these, you know, he was just so fixated that he was so blindsided with anything else that was being thrown at him. And I just, I think that he went way too far when he started to try to ruin other people's lives and stuff like that, when it came down to somebody questioning him, because I think, especially when you're in law, law enforcement or any kind of like FBI, any kind of like detective type work, you should, you should be able to take the criticism and take the opinions because oftentimes that's what's going to help you in the long run anyway, solve these cases. And morally, you should want to solve them with the right person being the one being caught, not just a person. Right. So there's some moral issues there. Definitely. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, it's a wild whirlwind of a case and it's bananas, if you ask me. Um, but that's what I have. Um, if you guys want to find us, obviously send us an email at taktbpodcast at gmail.com um, because I really want to read an email from you guys. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at Take a Color Cheap Brunch. You can also check out our website um, where you can also send us a message and you can listen to episodes via the web browser as well at takeacolor2brunch.wordpress.com. Um, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at takbpodcast. And yeah, give us a follow too, because we're going to have some fun stuff coming up. Spooky season is upon us. So, spooky season. I mean, we haven't decided it yet, but we're going to have to talk about some fun spooky season stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, um, I'm impressed. I mean, oops. it's only, it's only, five I'm impressed. That's all I'm going to say. The time. <laughs> Even with all of our technical difficulties. <laughs> but that's what I have. Um, thanks, guys. We appreciate Thank you. you. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> what the heck? We'll be used to that at some point. <laughs> now, and one day, just one day.